Today's episode is sponsored by Adam and Eve. You know, I read so many stories about cheating partners and unhappy marriages. Maybe people wouldn't be in such unhappy relationships if they spent more time nurturing their love life. That's why you should check out today's sponsor, Adam and Eve. They've got toys for men, toys for women, and toys for... How should I put this? Well, it's not exactly r slash am I the butthole. More like r slash I'm in the butthole. And yeah, I realize that ordering adult toys can be a little scary because you may be concerned about privacy. Don't worry, Adam and Eve offers discreet and free shipping for your package. Trust me, these people are experts in your package. You can get 50% off on just about any item, along with free shipping and rush processing. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy or anything you desire. Then enter code R slash at checkout. That's R slash R S L A S H at adamandeve.com. This is an exclusive offer specific to this podcast, so be sure to use code R slash to get your discount, plus 100% free shipping, and get it fast with rush processing. Use code R slash. Welcome to r slash malicious compliance, where a new manager starts working at a company and almost makes the company go bankrupt with his terrible decisions. Our next Reddit post is from Moose Quirky. Just like most companies, my company was forced to go completely remote as a byproduct of the pandemic. It was an easy transition because we already worked predominantly online anyways, just in an office setting. We run meetings and collaborate with stakeholders countrywide. Needless to say, we thrived during the past three years, with productivity at an all-time high and turnover rate at an all-time low. Colleagues were encouraged to take frequent breaks and told not to worry about taking kids to school or medical appointments as long as it doesn't block work or result in projects not being finished. We started to win industry awards for this and everyone was extremely satisfied. You did have to go into the office if you had to collaborate with someone, but outside of that, it was pretty much left to you to decide. This was until our small tech firm hired a new director who decided to enforce a mandatory three days in the office. Now, during the past three years that we worked from home, most people moved out of cities and bought houses, sent their kids to school in a new town, and took on volunteering roles in their new communities. People sold off their second cars, and they took on more caring responsibilities because they worked from home most days anyways. As you'd expect, people were extremely angry over this change. I want to emphasize that we were more productive when working from home, and they even admitted it. There was no reason to bring us back to the office. So, as a result, our company's competitors moved in and poached our key workers. People started to quit left and right. The people who were left decided to maliciously comply. Our remaining offices got overwhelmed with traffic. People couldn't find a desk to work, so meetings got delayed. People refused to work past their contracted hours or take on extra responsibilities. Our productivity plummeted, and we had to result in hiring expensive consultants to help. Internal satisfaction surveys were so bad, they refused to publish the results. This happened in January. I just handed in my notice after 27 years, and I'll be joining a competitor in two weeks. I thought that I would retire from that company. Needless to say, an emergency meeting was called with the senior leadership, and they tried to fix things. But the damage is so bad that they had to hire an external company to save them from bankruptcy. Man, it makes no sense. Why would you want to rent a building, pay for electricity, pay for internet, and have people come in and be miserable? Just let them work from home. Then you don't have to pay for all that stuff. It's so stupid. It's a win-win for everyone. 
I've got an editor who edits these videos and he works from home because working from home is great. Also, that means I don't have to pay for an office space and pay for a computer and pay for internet and pay for electricity for him to do the job because he's working from home, probably in his pajamas. Our next Reddit post is from Shoegaze Slut. I work at a hospital that doubles as a research institution. Since I'm on the research side, I have to involve a lot of other departments. And most people I work with are very chill and understand that I have to talk to them to get my job done. To be clear, I'm a very organized and hardworking person, which my coworkers value me for. However, the one place where that camaraderie breaks down is with some of the nurses who work in a very specific clinic. Honestly, I've done a good job making most of the nurses like me. I bring them homemade treats sometimes, and I'm always extra friendly and approbative with them. Still, some of them have bad days regardless, and I put up with them. Right after I started working in that specific clinic, unfortunately, one nurse in particular, Michelle, decided that I was on her blacklist. Michelle hates doing work. She's like a kid playing Xbox when their parents ask them to help with groceries. She'll moan and groan, and if she helps at all, it's with angsty indignation. I needed a series of blood tubes drawn in clinic for a patient one morning, and Michelle was the only nurse available. She was extremely put off by me asking her to draw this protocol kit. She clearly didn't want to leave her computer, which wasn't open to anything work-related, but she begrudgingly went and drew the tubes. I had to profusely thank her, just for doing her damn job. I came back down later to get a prescription signed for another patient, and a different nurse asked me what I'd done to upset Michelle because she had apparently been going off about me to anyone who would listen. I explained what had happened. The other nurse told me that Michelle was pissed at me, and also felt that my outfit, a white medical coat, a modest blouse, work pants, and high heel boots, was too provocative? What? I just decided to let it go and try to avoid Michelle as much as possible. This did not work. I kept running into situations where the other nurses were busy seeing patients. I was forced to walk back into the nurse triage room, which is off-limits to patients, and ask Michelle to draw two more of these blood kits in the next month. She was never happy to see me, and she was always wasting time on her work computer when I entered the room. Maybe two or three days after my last kit draw, my supervisor called me into her office to discuss my presentation. She, very nicely, and with pity in her voice, told me she'd received a report about my dress habits in patient-facing spaces. She said that she personally hadn't noticed anything, no duh, but was obligated to discuss this with me anyways. I assured her that I had no idea what she was talking about. I thought about confronting Michelle, but decided not to because, you know, loose cannon and whatnot. After my supervisor reminded me of the dress code, I thought that it was over. It was not over. Two weeks later, and I hadn't even asked anyone to draw any kits in the interim, a formal report was filed against me for my conduct in the clinic. This report went to the hospital, and then my supervisor, who, even after reading the report, seemed totally clueless about what it could mean. I explained what had happened with Michelle, but then my supervisor told me that a second person had reported this as well on the same day as who was obviously Michelle. This second time, it was a patient who made the report. The patient had reported that I was dressing improperly for a patient-facing environment. Whoa, 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 whoa. 
I asserted that I wasn't, but I was nonetheless put on probation, which meant that my supervisor, against her will, now had to come with me when I saw patients in clinic for the foreseeable future. And a nurse manager would have to accompany both of us when she was free since I was dressing provocatively in patient-facing spaces and that was her domain. But, as you likely guessed from her browsing habits, Michelle was not the sort of person who needed more supervisors in her area. Cue malicious compliance. Fine, you want to punish me and force me to work under the oversight of supervisors? Alright, let's get some supervisors down here as quickly as possible. My next in-clinic patient came in two days, and it was one of those stupid timed-in-clinic protocol kit visits, which meant that I was forced to ask one of the nurses to draw the patient's blood. I informed my supervisor and we set off down for the clinic. The nurse manager was in that day, so she accompanied the two of us. We all went back to the triage room so I could ask for help with the blood draw. Michelle and the other nurses were there. What we saw upon entering was the other nurse entering vital signs for a patient into our health database, and Michelle sitting at her desk with an online clothing retailer open on one monitor and Facebook on the other. I asked for Michelle's help drawing the kit. She sighed heavily and spun around to see two higher-ups looking on with disdain at her work computer. In embarrassment, she swiveled back and closed those two tabs, which revealed, you can't make this stuff up, a website for adult toys that had been opened in another tab, which I'm guessing Michelle had forgotten about until now. I just smiled and handed her the blood draw kit like nothing had happened. In the hall, my supervisor and the nurse manager were talking about Michelle's display just now. Apparently, she had been previously warned about goofing off at work. The nurse manager told the supervisor that she was going to check all of Michelle's work computer activity, which I actually didn't know the supervisor couldn't access. What followed was so incredibly beautiful that I hope it made the ending of this long post worth waiting for. According to my nurse friend, the supervisor searched Michelle's computer activity. It was revealed that she spent hours upon hours every day browsing the web, shopping, and using social media. Since she had previously been warned about this behavior, she was given a formal write-up. But this was just the beginning. The day after the three of us went down to the clinic, my supervisor called me into her office again. She told me that Michelle had fabricated the patient complaint about me and posted it from her work computer. How did they learn this? Oh, because she had saved a draft of the message that she reported to the hospital. And she had accessed the patient complaint and comment webpage the same day. My supervisor sincerely apologized for the hassle and told me I was no longer on probation. As for Michelle, apparently, fearing the worst, she put her two weeks notice in the same day after getting wind that she was in for far more serious trouble. For reasons that I will never understand as long as I live, the hospital chose to let her quit after two weeks instead of firing her on the spot. Maybe they knew what a nightmare she was, and they were comfortable letting her quit on her own accord. On Michelle's last day, I ventured down to the triage room to retrieve some documents. When I entered, Michelle was alone, browsing Glassdoor. I unbuttoned my white coat and told her, Hey, good luck with your next job. I hope the employees there are less provocative. She slowly spun around with a scowl on her face. Then, I lifted my dress up to my neck, flashed her my bare tits, and walked out, and I never saw Michelle again. Today's episode is sponsored by ZocDoc. Life is full of compromise, but there's one thing in life that you should never compromise on, your own health. 
That's why I like to use ZocDoc to find the best doctors for me. That's how I found my personal doctor, as well as the pediatrician for my little girl. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. Once you find the doctor you want, you can book them immediately. No more awkwardly waiting on hold with a receptionist. My favorite thing is that you can see doctor reviews. I mean, who wants to go to a doctor who makes you sit alone in a room for an hour and then rushes out after barely speaking to you? I love using ZocDoc because, to be honest, it's easy and I'm lazy. Go to ZocDoc.com RS and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash R-S. ZocDoc.com slash R-S. Down in the comments, we have a similar story from Couple Technical. When I was 20, I was hired to be a unit clerk at a local hospital. They were transitioning from paper to computer. Yeah, I am old, and I was hired specifically because I knew how to use a computer. There was a woman there who was so much like Mimi from the Drew Carey show that I thought the character was based on her. Thick makeup, strong perfume, tons of jewelry, and an absolutely horrible person. She was very angry the hospital was transitioning to computers because she had worked there for decades and didn't want to have to learn new things. Because I knew how to use a computer and I was new, she hated me. She kept reporting me for random stuff that didn't happen. And she turned the aides and some of the nurses against me. Like, when I got pregnant with my son, she told everyone that I didn't know who the father was. The nurses actually staged an intervention for me just for me to tell them, of course I know who the father is. I live with him and we're engaged. When I was like five months pregnant, she told the supervisor that I threatened to jump one of the aides in the parking lot. Lol. Anyways, it came to a head when the supervisor received a patient complaint that I wore so much perfume that it triggered the patient's allergies. Two problems. One, I don't wear perfume. And more importantly, I didn't work the date that he stated this happened. Because, of course, it didn't happen. Mimi was the one who had worn a ton of perfume, like she always did, saw the patient's family leave a complaint form, open the complaint form box, and put my name in place of her own. But she didn't think to change the date on the form to a date when I had actually worked. And we know that this happened because of security cameras. She was fired after almost 40 years of working there. It was such a shame and such a stupid way to lose one's job. Especially because I was put on bed rest when I was six months pregnant. So if she had waited two more weeks, she wouldn't have ever had to work with me again anyways. Our next Reddit post is from ZigZag. Back in 1999, I was a young 11-year-old boy finishing my last year of elementary school. Right before my birthday, which is in May, my parents called the family together for a meeting. They told me my mom had gotten a new job and we would need to move. We weren't moving too far away, only about an hour, but that still meant moving away from my friends and going to a completely different middle school than the one that I thought that I'd be going to. Elementary school wrapped up and we moved to our new house in early July. In August, my parents and I got to take a tour of the school and meet the principal and some of the teachers. That was when we learned that there weren't any buses that passed our new neighborhood. Our house was actually close to the school, so that meant that I'd be walking to and from school every day. My parents weren't too thrilled about this, but it was only a 15 to 20 minute walk, and there was a path, so they came around on the idea pretty quickly. At the time, both of my parents worked full-time five days a week. My mom worked Monday through Friday, and my dad worked Monday through Thursday and then Saturday. Trust me, this is relevant. 
My parents found a babysitter to be there when my brother and I would get home and watch us until my parents got home. The school year started, and in early September, we got a massive heat wave that reached highs of like 96 degrees Fahrenheit for a couple of days. The middle school was also an old building, and most of it wasn't air-conditioned. I only had two classes that had air conditioning in the classroom throughout the day. At the end of those days, I was tired and not in any mood to walk an additional 20 minutes in the heat before getting home. So I used vending machine snack money to call the babysitter from the payphone. The babysitter came to pick me up. I did try to call home two more times over the next two weeks when it was hot. The second time I got the babysitter again. The third time I called, it was Friday and my dad answered. He was not happy with me. He told me that it wasn't that hot, it was 85 degrees that day, and that I shouldn't call the babysitter away from the house and that I had to start growing up. He told me to walk home and that we would talk more when I got there. So I walked home. I got a lecture, and I was told to not call the babysitter again to have him pick me up. I said okay. Two weeks later, at the end of September, a hurricane passed through the area. Halfway through the day at school, it really started coming down. It got so bad, they let us out of school a half hour early, like that was gonna save us. By that time, though, a lot of roads were flooding, and the line for payphones was super long. Besides, I remembered what my dad told me a couple of weeks ago, so I walked home. It took me almost 30 minutes to walk home from school that day, and I was drenched by the time I got home. The rain was coming down so hard, I couldn't see more than 5 feet in front of me. The roads were so flooded that the only way to drive in it was with a car that had four-wheel drive. When I got home, both of my parents were already home because they also got off of work early. They were panicking because they hadn't heard from either me or the school. <laughs> I just walked in through the garage, soaking wet, and said, Hi, Mom. Hi, Dad. I'm home. After they got through the initial shock and relief of seeing me home, my parents and I had this conversation. How did you get home? I walked. Why? Dad told me to. When? We didn't get any calls from you or the school today. Well, a couple of weeks ago, I called the sitter a few times and asked for a ride home since it was hot. The last time I called, I got Dad. He told me that I had to just walk home from now on and to not call for a ride again. <laughs> My dad said, I implied that there could be exceptions. You didn't say that. My mom turned on my dad and just told me to dry myself off and put my wet clothes in the dryer. <laughs> I was drying myself off and I could hear them arguing. It was louder than the rain. When I was done, I put my clothes in the dryer. My parents talked to me and told me I was allowed to call home, but only for emergencies. The next day, Saturday, my dad took me out to Blockbuster and I was told that I could rent up to five movies all for myself. He also paid for pizza that night, and I got a whole pepperoni pizza for myself. The pizza lasted two days, and no one else was allowed to touch it. My dad never lived that down. Good times. Okay, I'm going to describe something, and I hope you guys understand me. This story rings true the way that a cherished childhood memory rings true. You know those memories you have of a kid where, like, just the stars aligned and you were having the best day? And you remember that day for the rest of your life. When nothing happened, what did you do that day? You just like, you know, faked sick and you got to stay home all day eating pizza and playing video games. And that was your whole day. But you still remember it clear as day. OP almost died to a hurricane. But hey, he got to rent five movies and eat pizza. So that's what I call a win. 
Also, OP clarifies that the reason the parents didn't drive to OP's school to pick him up was because the road that they had to drive through to get to the school was literally flooded, so cars couldn't make the drive. So all they could do was just sit around at home and worry until <laughs> eventually OP came home and uh, got his dad in big trouble. That was r slash malicious compliance. And if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.